It is an unfortunate fact that the elderly are taken advantage of every day. While the estate planning and government assistance laws are quite complex and ever-changing, how do you keep track of them? Through elder law attorney Michael Cohen. He's there for you to answer any of your planning questions in a way that you and your loved ones will easily understand. Mike has devoted his entire career to dutifully informing and protecting our parents and grandparents, aunts and uncles, anyone in need. Join us now to learn more about estate planning essentials with Michael Cohen and co-host Don Crawford Jr. Here now are Michael and Don. This is another Estate Planning Essentials program. My name is Don Crawford, Jr., the grateful owner of KWM Radio, and I'm sitting with my co-host, my attorney, my friend, who should probably be your attorney in my subjective opinion, because I have probably more respect for him than I have for any businessman I've ever met in my almost 34 years of doing radio and being in business ever since I graduated from school. And his name is a local attorney here in Dallas, Texas, and that is Michael Cohen. Hello, Michael. Hello, Don. How you doing? I'm doing fine, sitting with you, learning every program, and this one I'm sure will be no different, and I'm looking forward to it. I think, I have to watch what you say here, you'll have to watch what you say here as we talk before the program, <laughs> because the topic is a delicate, if not a very fragile one, and we want to make sure people realize we're, we're talking financially here, situationally here, uh, and not necessarily biblically. And you wanted to address eight reasons that maybe the elderly should not get married. And let's talk about those today if we can. Yeah, yeah I know it's strictly taboo. I know I had a, an attorney um, in my office who said his, his dad had died mm -hmm. and his mom had started dating somebody. And he said, uh, the mom said to him, you know, does it bother you? Uh, should I get married? I've been dating this guy. And I said, you know, I know it's usually it's strictly taboo, or used to be at least, mm -hmm. strictly taboo if somebody was living together or whatever mm -hmm. uh, to get married. I mm -hmm. uh, said, but it gets a lot more complicated, mm -hmm. uh, and maybe she shouldn't get married. Okay. And also, I had a client in July. Her mom was in her 80s and had the beginning of dementia, a neighbor elderly man uh, took her out on a date and then they went to uh, a vacation spot um, and then uh, later in July he said to the daughter I'm going to marry your mom uh, of course she's the one that had the assets uh, and this was a concern and I said she said what is your advice my advice is a that she should not get married. Mm -hmm. I also wanted to have a evaluation if she had the capacity to marry, mm -hmm. uh, because you have to basically think of marriage as a contract, mm -hmm. and do you have to you have to have uh, uh, enough capacity to marry? Mm -hmm. uh, it concerned me. Mm -hmm. uh, so because more people are thinking of the financial, so I'm not getting into the biblical issues like you mentioned, but there are a lot of more people are living together that are elderly because there are certain financial ramifications, not to mention the complications with different families, mm -hmm. that they are not getting married. They may want, and I understand that people want to take trips together, vacation, or just have companionship. And uh, that's certainly understandable, 
but I think like anything, you have to look before you leap. And so uh, I thought I would go over some reasons why now more and more elderly, as we live longer, uh, are uh, less likely to get married, uh, perhaps, or remarried. Mm -hmm. uh, and so let's go over eight different reasons why they are people are choosing not to get married. Okay, and they're, just for the record, plenty, many Old Testament and New Testament individuals who did not get married. And so just to throw out that preamble, let's hear some of those eight, if not all eight, Michael. Yeah, and I'm sure there's a lot more about that. I just go over eight today. Okay. All right. This, under the Texas Constitution, the surviving spouse has a right to live in your home for the remainder of that person's life. Right. So let's say you had been married for four or five months. And you had your home as your own separate property, and you have a surviving spouse. Well, that surviving spouse, much to the dismay of the deceased spouse's children, can live in that home for the remainder of their life. Okay. I know I've had situations where the children of the one spouse, when there was somebody who's going to get married, they wanted to put in their will. Okay, that spouse has to move out of the home within 30 days of the death of my mom or dad. Mm -hmm. The law is the law. Mm -hmm. Just like we've been saying on these recent shows, whatever the law is, is the law. Right. And under the Texas Constitution, as long as the person doesn't abandon the home, they will have the responsibility of taking care of the taxes and insurance and maybe maintaining the property, mm -hmm. but they can live there for life. Mm -hmm. So do you want your children to be saddled with the knowledge of knowing that they're, <laughs> that can't get sell that home and get their share of the estate until after... The surviving spouse dies. Okay. So a lot of people are unaware of that. Election in lieu of homestead. All right. So under the estate's code, under the estate's code, let's say you don't have a home. A surviving spouse could get up to $45,000 of personal property. If there's, not enough 40, if there's not enough personal property, you can make election of getting up to $45,000 in cash. I don't know that how many people do that, but they could do that under the Texas Estates Code. So, so I don't want that spouse to get anything. Mm -hmm. Well, they might be able to do an election on the personal property. At least they have to make, when you go like, say, probate a will, there would have to be this election made at that time. So not only if you have a home, but you can make, a, the surviving spouse can make an election in lieu of the homestead. Okay. All right spousal support when you're married you have a duty to support the other spouse mm -hmm. so let's say so i had somebody in my office uh who wasn't elderly uh i think she was in her 50s and all of a sudden uh she just gotten married a year ago and shortly thereafter within a couple months it was discovered that her husband had some uh, bad disease let's say it was ms now Everything she had saved for her lifetime may be used towards care cost. By the way, on that type of disease, it ends up being more divorces than any, seems like any disease. Is that right? Yeah. Oh. So you'll see a great percentage of people because it's so much care for things like that. You know, so anyway, she didn't expect that everything that she had earned and her separate property during her lifetime, she would now have a duty to support her husband, who's only in his 50s. Oh, my. You know, 
they think even you know they think oh gee it's all my separate property i had acquired all this by doing my own efforts even if you have a prenuptial or postnuptial agreement doesn't matter mm. you have a duty to support your spouse wow. and somebody has a long chronic illness that could be pretty costly and as we live as we get older let's say um you have long-term care go into a nursing home what do you mean i had somebody that i just loved i just, or maybe i just wanted to take trips with him or her uh-huh. and now i had maybe i inherited from my spouse or maybe i inherited from a parent or maybe i had accumulated the assets on my own and you have to take care of their cost of care remember people live longer I told you, on, I think on the last show, my grandmother went into a nursing home at age 85 and lived there till almost 98. Uh, so 13 years, you are responsible as the spouse for that care cost. Mm-hmm. Ouch. That is expensive. I think we calculated on the, our last show, we said, oh, gee, 13 years at, in some places are $10,000 a month. That was over a million and a half dollars. Mm-hmm. You happen to have that in your pocket? And do you want to spend it on? on that person, that loved one that you got married on later on in life. Be careful what you step into. you got to look before you leap because that's why a lot more people are considering some of these issues or why people are saying, well, maybe, you know, I shouldn't. Say uh, some loved one in your family. Let's say your dad. I'm just going to make an example. Let's say he has a lot of assets. Mm Mm-hmm. And maybe he has a significant other that he lives with, and she didn't have anything. And she lives a long time. He's going to have to pay for all that care. Well, so somebody, so you need to think about it because the cost of long-term care is so great, Mm -hmm. and most people don't have the insurance for it. They rely on Medicaid. It's interesting because you always get me to think, sometimes internalize, which is selfish, but I do it anyway, and go through the mental gymnastics of what if. And I remember when you taught us a month or two ago about the filial laws, Mm -hmm. which is interesting because filial laws, this is almost by birth. This is the burden that you have to bear. But this one, it sounds like this is a choice. Yeah, right, right. So just to kind of clarify what you're talking about, filial responsibility laws. In Texas, we don't have that, but other states do. The majority at the worst is Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. And but we had a case where you know a child is responsible for taking care of their parent it goes back to actually biblical times mm-hmm. and that it used to be before the government took care of you that you took care of your own family. And so that's where the derivation was. Uh, we had a case I think it was in July where the parent was in South Dakota and the under South Dakota law there is a filial responsibility even so the client who was the daughter in Texas said, "Uh uh-oh, do I have an obligation to take care of my parents' uh, bill? Mm -hmm. And they could have that responsibility under South Dakota law, depending Mm -hmm. on the facts. And the laws are different from state to state. Most states have fully responsibility laws. Texas, fortunately, does not. But Mm -hmm. if you have a parent in another state, it could be that you may be personally liable, depending upon the laws of that state. Right. I guess the issue is how ancient are those laws? Are they enforceable, et cetera? And it seems like states like California, they do have the law there, but usually 
it, it does, there's not going to be a burden on the child and that they're not going to have to pay for the parent. Yeah, it, it, the laws are varied from state to state. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like, and, and so some states are more strict than others. Right. And it's just kind of like, well, I don't even want to get into okay. uh, some of the, uh, like something like abortion or something. Sure. But, you know, the laws are going to be different from state to state. Mm-hmm. And so it seems like it's going away, mm-hmm. the filial responsibility laws, because we are dependent more upon government. There, when, when we first started having Social Security, then we started depending on that for retirement income. Then there was Medicare and Medicaid. And so as a result, a lot of those laws that used to be the law uh, are going away. But still, they're still out there for some. But anyway, you're still in this case, you have a if you get married, it's by choice, like you say. And then when you get married, at least under Texas law, there's a duty to support your spouse, even if the assets were inherited or you got them by gift or uh, you had all the earnings on your own behalf, right. then you have a responsibility to take care of your spouse. Okay. Another reason, Michael said, uh, maybe people who are elderly or not should not get married. Are there other ones, Michael? Of course. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, we talked about Medicaid because on Medicaid, again, they look at the assets of both the husband and wife. Uh, There's also veterans benefits. Sometimes you get veterans benefits by being the widow or widower of a wartime veteran. And there's other types of veterans benefits that are provided for spouses. So if you uh, remarry, those benefits can be lost. Okay. So typically, uh, there's a thing called aid and attendance, uh, improved pension, um, where, let's say you go into assisted living, you get this income. Or if you're homebound, sometimes if you're, so let's say you had a spouse who fought and or even if they didn't fight overseas, if they served in, let's say, during World War II or Korea or Vietnam, and they passed, whether they didn't have to do anything with their disability uh, during wartime, they just happened to serve our country. They could have been a cook in Galveston. It wouldn't matter if they were in wartime and you were the surviving spouse and you become have some uh, issues. Uh, let's say you need assisted living or you need two activities a day of living or if you're homebound, then they could pay just kind of like Social Security. They could get a certain amount of income, let's say a little over $1,300 a month for those helping paying for care cost. Well, if you remarry under the laws, uh, you are no longer qualified for that veteran's benefit of your spouse that you would have been entitled to before. Mm. So just like on Medicaid, on Medicaid, they look at the assets. Uh, again, if you remarry, then they're going to look at the assets of both. So even though you apply for Medicaid, uh, or let's say your spouse applies for Medicaid, and they have had bupkis, as they say, nothing. The If you had nothing but the spouse... You, whether you got your assets one way or another, whether it's a, and even if you had a pre or post nuptial agreement, they look at the assets of both. Mm-hmm. And remember, as we talked about, uh, I think on last week's show, Medicaid is means tested. In other words, they look at your assets. And so now, all of a sudden, you may have to pay for care, whereas you may not have had to pay for care if that person, if you were not married. Mm-hmm. And by the way, if you, you know, a lot of people get confused about either informal marriages or common law marriages. You have to represent yourself out. It's not how many years you live together. Mm -hmm. It's do you represent yourself out to being married? Mm -hmm. If you say you're married, 
then that may be enough mm -hmm. to be married. Sharing the same last name, calling her your wife, these That's kinds right. of things, put it in writing, these kinds of things. Yeah, tax okay. return, saying you're married, wrong, right? uh, that would be a, a good uh, thing. Uh, mm -hmm. I mean, say to show that you're married. Mm -hmm. uh, and so then that gets into the issue, and sometimes it's good and sometimes it's bad. Right. It could be that, depending on the facts and what the person's, uh, it, let's say that, it gets into really kind of com interesting complications sometimes. Let's say that the person with all the money is the one that needs to go into the nursing home. Mm -hmm. Well, if you do marry somebody who has limited income mm -hmm. and limited assets, mm -hmm. it, there is ways to what we call expand the protected resource amount where you can keep all the assets. The problem is that you have to transfer those assets to that spouse within one year. Mm -hmm. Again, that gets into another issue. And so sometimes, I know one time I had to meet between attorneys for the the applicant and the spouse to how we could do that because they of course the kids didn't get along with the second spouse mm -hmm. uh, a typical situation mm -hmm. and that gets into the estate planning mm -hmm. uh, issues a lot of times people want to plan and protect and say oh gee um, again you know I want to the assets uh, you know to go to even if I want to provide something for this well spouse I want to make sure that after that well spouse dies, mm -hmm. that it goes to my children. Mm -hmm. So if you don't do anything, or if your will says something outright, then that spouse could just give everything to their spouse, their children. Right. And if you don't have a will at all, then there's going to be could be split. And again, you have the complications on the estate planning. So you could have a trust for that person if you want to, by the way, to so instead of it going to them directly, maybe even the child could be in share in charge of the trust for the surviving spouse and mm -hmm. to make sure or maybe somebody else that's more independent or it mm -hmm. could be both. Mm -hmm. It's whatever you want. Yeah, it's complicated. You could have the Judd situation, Naomi, Ashley, Winona, Judd matter. We could, it's very difficult to understand exactly what the plans were, what that person wanted, whether they're a celebrity or just someone who lives locally here in Dallas, Texas. But nevertheless, there's lots of questions uh, when it comes to being married, not being married, and why, and your age, and those kinds of things. That's between God and you, and your relationship with God, and what your conscience tells you. Lots of variables there. So we're not here, speaking of Judd, to judge. We're just here to simply provide legal advice from Michael, and then you can make your own personal, individual decisions decisions, the first step in that direction is to attend Michael's next workshop, and that is coming up. That is September 17th, which is a Saturday at 10 o'clock. It's a free state planning essentials workshop. It's in person. It's at Michael's offices, basically at the corner, the corner of 635 and I-75, right there off of the forest exit there. And Michael's been doing these for 10 years now, almost as long as he's been no, you've been doing the workshops longer than the program or about the same? About the same. About the same. So they're parallel uh, and they're very informative and helpful. Free coffee, free muffins, free pastry, donuts, uh, KWM coffee mugs. It's a very enjoyable time that goes by very quickly. And it's Saturday morning so there's no traffic and you go in person and you get to ask questions about your individual state issues, hear others' individual state issues, internalize those, see how they might apply to you, and hear from our radio station expert michael yeah it's it's free uh to go to that estate planning essentials workshop 
where we ask you, what do you want to know? It doesn't have to be just estate planning. It could be about Medicaid, long-term care that we just talked about. We just talked about veterans benefits. A lot of times there's these combination of questions, and usually there are questions about estate planning, or it could be about Medicaid because people are living longer Mm -hmm. and they don't have adequate insurance. Mm -hmm. So we never know what the questions are, and that's why every workshop is different. So we proceed to answer questions. We call it a workshop and not a seminar because it's interactive. We see what you want to know. We write the questions down. We answer your questions and also those of others. And so you'll learn not only what some of the things that you might not even have thought about uh, that may be helpful to you uh, by going to that free Estate Planning Essentials Workshop. To do that, uh, you just call 214-720-0102. That's 214-720-0102. Or sign up online at Dallas elderlawyer.com that's Dallas elderlawyer.com and you get one more actually a couple more bonuses first you get a free one hour vision meeting we call it a vision meeting because we have a vision for your future about whether planning for yourself during your either disability or death and so we look at your situation and see what to answer your questions more in a private setting. Mm-hmm. If you desire that, it's free, mm-hmm. no obligation. So basically, you're getting three free hours of legal education without any obligation. And the nice thing about the vision meeting regarding this program especially is that, well, Michael, should I get married or not get married right now at my age? And Michael can give you very sound current advice. Yeah, I mean, almost 10 years of doing the workshop, I don't know that I've ever had that question. But I have had, like I said, the reason why I even decided to even talk about this is because last month there was a question about the mom Mm -hmm. who had some dementia about getting remarried and it looked like it was kind of shady and the answer was you know even though I realized that saying don't get married is at least it used to be strictly taboo you know, in this case, my advice was, uh-oh, y'all are going about to have a lot more complications in life, and perhaps it's best to not have those complications. Children from a different marriage, we think that somebody may be a, there's predators and creditors out there. Mm-hmm. In this case, there might be a predator, and we're concerned about the predators. And so, mm-hmm. unfortunately, uh, I wish it was a perfect world, but guess what? It's not. Mm-hmm. And so, we have, there's, you know, how many people are out there scamming people? Oh, how gosh. many people, how many times do you get these calls? I know personally this last week, oh, you're going to, if you don't do something with your uh, email and give us to make, give us your information, then we're going to do this or that and you know how many different types of scams out there I wish that people were be more productive in society but guess what the world isn't perfect and so we have to think about those predators and creditors out there and so we have to plan and to do that we can hopefully answer some of your questions by going to that free estate planning essentials workshop preferably be signing online at DallasElderLawyer.com they had uh, I got an email yesterday and it had my wife's name on it and it said her name so i opened it and it was a hacker i know it wasn't from her and but i took the bait but i didn't click the link thankfully yeah. uh, but even that is dangerous and they say turn your computer off immediately change your passwords all those things because you never know you wonder too uh, you know 
with elections, you know, how we've always heard about the different things from either Russia or whatever. And, I'm, you know, we're real concerned there's going to be, who knows, too, with so many hackers around the world and not in, and in the United States, for that matter. You just you have to always be on guard. And can you imagine with the people who have more diminished capacity? Yes. Oh, my gosh. No, I can't imagine. It, it, they look so real. I know. I know. And so, so we always have to be on guard, and we have to protect ourselves, our loved ones. Mm-hmm. And so, beware. Yeah, that's excellent beware. advice. How do we prevent that? I don't know for sure, but you can get some sound advice by going to Michael's workshop. Sign up for that next one on Saturday, September the seventeenth at ten a.m. Dial two one four seven two zero zero one zero two two one four seven two zero zero one zero two, or go to Dallas Elder Dallas Elder Michael, we have about two minutes left, so final words on this issue. All right, I'll do a few things real quickly. You could potentially, if you were divorced and remarried prior to age 60, you could lose a social security income of your former spouse. Mm. But sometimes you might get more with a new spouse. Okay. (laughs) Potential loss of pension. If you were divorced and receive a pension as part of a divorce decree, that could be terminated depending on what the order said. Potential additional income taxes on social security. A single person can earn up to 25000 a year being taxed on that social security, but a married couple pays income tax when their combined income is only 32000 So there could be an increase in income taxes if you get married. So lots of different issues. Yeah. From social security, I didn't mention health insurance, I didn't mention, you know, there's, there's lots of different types of uh, benefits, whether it's Medicaid, Veterans benefits, all sorts of different things that have to be reviewed before you get married. So you need to look before you leap. Mm -hmm. That's why a lot of the elderly are not. They're looking at these financial issues, not to mention the complications uh, for the children, if you should have children, before you get remarried or married later on in life. So... um, it's just one of these things that we're seeing as a matter of our society today, and we have to think about before we uh, contractually obligate ourselves to that the laws mm-hmm. that uh, provide when you're married. It's excellent. There are basically innumerable reasons for, I guess, anyone to consider um, before they leap before they get married as michael is saying whether you're 30 or 80 and this is the the thrust of this program and why michael has addressed these issues and he can address them even better perhaps in person relating or regarding your individual circumstances by attending his next workshop again that is saturday september the 17th at 10 o'clock to sign up for that free in-person workshop dial 214-720-0102 Two one four seven two zero zero one zero two. Go to DallasElderLawyer.com, DallasElderLawyer.com, or of course, don't forget Michael's Marcher's Walk for Alzheimer's. Another date, November the fifth, Saturday morning as well here in Dallas or Denton or other areas uh, in the Dallas community. Sign up for that if you want to help fight and defeat and beat Alzheimer's. Dallas Elder Law Attorney Michael Cohen, I thank you, sir. Thank you, Don. Leading estate planner practicing law for decades in Dallas, Texas, Michael Cohen is ready to educate you about the Texas and federal laws. The next step to that end is to attend his next workshop by going to his website, which is DallasElderLawyer.com. 
That's DallasElderLawyer.com and sign up for that free estate planning essentials workshop. Or you can also call them by dialing 214-720-0102. That's 214-720-0102. A talk show host on KAAM for eight years now, Michael Cohen is the person you want to evaluate what could currently be a rather insufficient estate plan. Make certain that is not the case and that it is created and completed your way by signing up for his next free workshop today.